Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. I can't wait to introduce you to Beth Brady, a private practitioner in Ohio who started her private practice not even a year ago. Now, when she was first getting started, a very tragic situation happened, but she's been able to triumph out of that sadness. She is an example of someone who is extremely resilient and who has been able to build a private practice that she should be very proud of in only nine months. Without further ado, here's Beth. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. All right. So before we dive into the interview, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? My name is Beth Brady. I am in Parma, Ohio, which is right outside of Cleveland. And my practice is Talk, Play, Grow. I'm so excited to have you on tonight, Beth. I've known you or known your name for a little while from some of the Facebook groups that I always love getting to know private practitioners and hearing their story of how they got started and built the practice and everything. Before we learn about how you built your practice, can you please share like a little bit about your early career as a speech pathologist and how you kind of got started in this profession? Yeah. So I started college in education, but decided that I wanted to kind of narrow my focus. And I mean, teachers obviously make a difference, but I wanted, I just wanted it to be more focused. And I found the career of speech-language pathology. I had no idea everything that it can encompass. I really thought I was just going to be fixing those sounds. And I went to grad school at Cleveland State University and always, always, always was going to work with kids. And then I did my semester in a nursing home. (laughs) It was my last one. And I was like, oh, I think I kind of like this. (laughs) So... I ended up taking a job for my CF in a nursing home. And I was, I'm kind of fascinated by all the neurological things that can happen. And I really liked working on swallowing disorders. And so that's where I ended up. And I did it for 
several years and always knew that I would eventually move on to kids because <laughs> that's really where my passion was. But just wanted to get that experience in. And and then I started having kids myself. I had twins and then 17 months later, another little guy came along. So I had three kids under 18 months wow. for a little while. And then- I love you. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> and it just became more and more, I need that kind of more flexible schedule and following the holidays and things like that to be able to be with my kids. And eventually took a contracted position in some charter schools, K through eight. And I did that for two years. And it just, it was a lot. I had 80 kids between the two schools and it's a lot. That's a lot. Kudos to school SLPs. I have no idea how they can manage caseloads 80 or someone sent me a DM on Instagram once that they had 140 on their case. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That seems impossible. Okay. So you had little kids at home that you're trying to parent Mm -hmm. and then this caseload of of 80, which Mm -hmm. was a lot. And then my twins started kindergarten. So without the high burden of three kids in daycare, Mm -hmm. I was able to kind of take a step back from a full-time position. And I started working at a private practice. Somebody I went to school with has her practice nearby. So I did that and I was so excited. I thought, this is where I'm going to be. I had no intention of starting my own private practice ever. My husband has always said, you should do a private practice. And I thought, oh no, I can't do that. (laughs) But then I saw how it could be and I just really liked it. And that practice focuses a lot on autism and not necessarily older kids, but there were a lot more over the age of 10. And I love the little ones. So I had a very good friend who I met in the nursing homes. She was a physical therapy assistant and she came and worked with me at the private practice too. We just contracted theirs, 1099. And she kind of convinced me along with another friend of ours that I, that we could do it. We would do it together. And it was going to be this big, amazing dream. We were going to play with babies and that's all we wanted to do. So We decided to do it. Actually, it was a year ago, I think Friday, that we officially announced that we were starting a practice. So we did. And actually, I think I was listening to one of your podcasts with, I think her name is Ryan Mm -hmm. in California, who does the Talking Tots curriculum. Yep. And I Brian Landingwin. Yep. Yeah. An episode about number either five or six. She was on regular people. Yeah. Yeah. And heard on there that she sells her curriculum. So we kind of got that idea to start groups like that. So all last summer, we worked on designing groups and I bought the curriculum for the toddler one, but we, we designed more like a preschool age one and then a physical therapy gross motor group that also targeted social skills that we ran together and we marketed it out to rec centers and the YMCA and that kind of thing. So we had a couple groups at the YMCA last summer. The toddler group actually didn't get any enrollment (laughs) for that, for that course. Well, that was a lesson that you learned, right? And sometimes that happens, right? You, you think that something is going to work and you do work to make it happen. And then for whatever reason, 
it just doesn't catch or doesn't, the timing wasn't right or the positioning right. wasn't right or something. Right. But you, you learned a lesson as part of that, right. Even, mm-hmm. even if it didn't go as you imagined, I'm sure it was still a valuable learning experience. Yeah, it was. And it actually brought this wonderful family into my life that has stuck with me through all of this. So for that alone, I'm grateful. <laughs> and the YMCA was great. We kind of rented a room from them. And the thing that I learned there was, because we were on the fence about whether or not we should get a, our own space. And after doing that, we kind of realized, well, we're putting an awful lot of money into the YMCA's pockets there, <laughs> renting their room when we could just be paying for a lease and keeping all the, the tuition in our business. So we had decided that we were going to look for a space at the end of last summer. And we did, we found one. It's not huge. It's got two therapy rooms, two office spaces. And then we have like a playroom, preschool room, we called it. And then a therapy gym and a sensory room. That's fantastic. That's a wonderful, that's, and that's your first space, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a wonderful first space. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) It was a lot of fun designing it. So we signed that lease in August And then my friend passed away at the end of August, very unexpectedly. So I was kind of on my own and I didn't know what I was going to do. We hadn't even moved into the space yet because there was some construction that had to happen and all of that. But we had signed the lease. We were supposed to move in in November. So I took some time to really think about it because I was like, I I didn't even want this (laughs) until she convinced me we could do it. And now I really, really want it. (laughs) So I decided to just, I'm going to make this happen for me and for her. And I I just stuck with it. And her fiance has stepped up and he's my business partner to help with that. He's a physician. So he kind of gets me in with some good contacts around the area. And my sister has been just the most amazing support. She and her husband started their own business around the same time. And she has devoted a lot of her time to helping me. She has HR experience and office manager experience. So she kind of does all of that stuff for me, whatever, whatever I can give her. (laughs) I'm so, I'm sorry for, for your loss and for the situation with starting your business, not going obviously according to the plan. Right. I'm grateful to hear that you still have community though to be not only supporting you, but to be supporting your, your dream and your business, right? That's, that's what you were hoping to have, obviously, right with, with your friend, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that other people have also stepped up and helped you make this vision come to life. Yeah. They're a great support team. Very thankful for them. So let's see. Oh, so that was, I officially decided in October that we were, I was definitely moving forward. And got to move into my space in November. And then I had the custom gym installed. It's more like an indoor playset playroom. But it has rock climbing wall and therapy swings and things like that. And then in January, I started my groups again. (laughs) And that time, the toddler class was more than full in enrollment. I had to open a second one. And my preschool class was doing very well with enrollment as well. So 
things were really moving along. I got in contact with a special education attorney in the area, and we've been able to partner on a couple cases for when people are owed compensatory minutes. Mm -hmm. So I've been able to get clients that way. And I was getting ready to start my second session of all my groups Mm -hmm. and another level of Ryan's toddler class when Corona hit. (laughs) Man, Corona has really messed up everything. Everything. People who are listening to the show too know I've done a couple of interviews now since coronavirus started. And I felt like almost every person I interviewed was really in a really good place. Like things were taking off and and going well. But if, if someone knows what it's like to be resilient, that sounds like you. (laughs) Thanks. It was disappointing to say the least when everything happened, especially once we've realized how long it's apparently going to go. We are supposed to have my big grand opening open house party at the end of March, which I was very hopeful for bringing in clients and getting our name out more. And we had to obviously postpone that. So maybe it's going to be a one year celebration of having the office open, but we'll see. We'll make it happen. And I was able to move most of my clients to teletherapy. I don't have a lot of actual one-on-one clients right now. The groups were really where I was building more of. So obviously we can't do that right now. But they all have stayed in contact with me and are saying they're looking forward to being able to come back. So that gives me hope there. Well, it sounds like you you really had a good thing going, right? You had people... You had these groups that were working out, right? And a big part of it is to keep those relationships going, right? Because I have two little kids and there are so many things that I cannot wait to resume. So I know that if you keep top of mind a little bit with some of these families, as soon as they're able to resume in-person therapy or groups or whatever it is that your Mm -hmm. practice is offering, they'll be so happy to, to be able to do that and yeah. help support you as a local business. Right, right. Yeah. They've it's been good to hear from them. And they're reaching out to me, which was nice cuz I reach out to them too, but it's nice when they reach out yeah. themselves. Well, the, and they wouldn't do that if you hadn't left a really nice impression on them. They're clearly looking forward to getting back into your amazing therapy space <laughs> and into yeah. your world again. Yeah. I think we're all ready (laughs) for the world to resume. (laughs) I know we're definitely ready for people who have listened to the podcast for, for a long time too. I often ask, what are your plans for the future? But I think none of us really know what the plans for the future are. It sounds like you're obviously going to continue with telepractice with the clients that have been doing that. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you're able to resume your services, hopefully you'll be able to kind of pick back up where you left. And then there'll be lots of kids who are in desperate need of services, especially like, I know that you like the little, little ones, Mm -hmm. the EI kids who haven't been able to get EI or who have turned three and now they have nothing and they're in limbo, right? Right. So there will be referrals out there for you. There will be people who need therapy. Think of all the people who are going to have lost therapy minutes. (laughs) I know. Yeah. (laughs) Fun. Yeah. Lots of compensatory minutes coming up, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had big plans. I had all kinds of summer, not really camps because they weren't every day all summer long. 
and all day long, but groups that met for a week every month for social skills or literacy, that kind of thing. And you know, I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. And then I also had started planning a speech and language based preschool alternative program to begin in the fall. So I'm still working on those things. Hopefully we'll be able to do some of them in the next few months, but we'll see. Well, I, again, I'm also hopeful that you'll be able to do those things. Now's a good time to be planning for when things get open again, right? So that you can really hit the ground running and be prepared to accept kids back into your practice or into some of these new programs as soon as you're able to. Yeah. And I've also been working on getting new insurance contracts. And I don't know how it works where you live, but Ohio has special needs scholarships through the Department of Education for kids that go to either private school or are homeschooled. And I was already a provider from one of them, which is actually where most most of my clients come from. And then there's an autism one too. So I've been working on that. And now I'm a Medicaid provider, which I think is very needed in our area. So hopefully I'll be able to get a bigger caseload from that because those are the kids that usually need it the most. (laughs) Completely. So good for you for taking this time, which people keep calling it kind of downtime, even though it feels anything but, right? I've got two kids. You've got three kids. (laughs) Things are crazy, but to be taking this time to get those new insurance contracts, to be updating your website or keeping on top of some of these relationships so that when things reopen, you're top of mind for people. So I think that anything that you're doing now, even if it doesn't feel like actively servicing your community, Mm -hmm. it is continuing to keep the foundation of your practice strong so that you can, again, hit the ground running when things reopen. As soon as, yeah. And I think we'll be making some decisions in the next few weeks because Ohio's starting to open up for some things here and there. Groups are probably off the table for a while, but maybe some one-on-one sessions in the center. You know, I've been watching all the Facebook groups and what people are putting policies in place, and that kind of thing. So... Well, I, I'll, I'm wishing you the best of luck with, with the reopening plan. And I definitely hope that you're able to have your open house yeah. sooner than later. It might end up being, you know, <laughs> one year anniversary. What a year you've had, right? From, from really a very tragic situation to really having a lot of triumph. And now things are kind of on hold a little bit. Yeah. You've really had had quite a year. And I know that I used the word resilience earlier. I think that you clearly are a very resilient person. And this is just like another test yeah. you're going to have to be working through, but but you'll be able to do it. Yeah, I, I hope so. I think so. I'm hopeful. Yeah, you will. I will. You will do it. For anyone who's, who's listening, what is, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that have either been maybe a lesson you've learned or a tip that you wish you had had known sooner or anything like that? Well, like I said, with holding groups at rec centers, while it does did help to keep the overhead down for a while, it just didn't make much sense for long term. So always think about that. I do kind of wish that because I've been listening to your podcast forever and and following your page. And you always 
suggest doing it as slowly as possible, you know, not getting this big space to rent and all of that. And if it had just been me from the beginning, I think that would have been a great way to do it. We just had different plans. And so that kind of got a little bit messed up, but it's, it's wonderful now, but I do, I have my practice and I have my space, but I'm also working. I'm still contracted in a school for a few hours a week. And I was already doing teletherapy as a contractor before Corona. So that was a helpful thing to already have experience in and just kind of keeping in mind. And it's hard for me to keep in mind myself, but it is a slow process. But as long as you're making growth, I think that's the important thing. When I look back, it feels like I've been waiting forever for things to happen. But then when I sit down and actually list everything, there are tons of things have happened and things have been growing. And it's just, you just got to keep that in mind. Completely. Yeah. And, and you have, again, continued to put one foot in front of the other and just Mm -hmm. keep moving forward. And the fact that it hasn't even been a year since you opened and you already have this wonderful space and you have these relationships with these different families and groups and individual and telepractice clients and everything else. And you've obviously, again, survived this really sad situation. That's huge. That's yeah. a, what, that's a, a big year, right? Yeah. So that's, that's a lot. And so, yeah, I think it's important for all of us to, to sit down from time to time and list out all of the things we've done that have been positive because what we, we tend to focus on, and this is, I think, just human nature, right. tend to focus on when you think about, uh, I don't know if you like sports or not. I, I like football, but you were always remember the losses, right? And you're like, oh right. man, that was such a tough game and we lost in the end. But sometimes we forget to really focus on the big wins. Right. And, and you've had a lot of wins despite some pretty major losses and, and losses that have been also outside of your control. But the things that you have been able to control, like developing these relationships, like having a curriculum, like utilizing some of the space at the YMCA, getting these relationships with people with, with the, the extra therapy minutes thing. That's the kind of thing that you are in, in control of and can keep moving forward on. So you, you've already listed out like 10 things that you plan to be continuing to do during this downtime so that you are still building your practice it may just not have as many people in it right. as, as you wanted to at this point, but you're still focusing on taking action and building this dream and doing a really good job with it. Thank you. It's just crazy to think about everything that's happened in such yeah. a short time. And, and everything that will happen for you and to you in the future, especially given all of the things that you're putting into place right now. If people want to connect with you either on website or social media or anything like that, where the, can they learn more about you and your practice? My website is talkplaygrowllc.com. Same Facebook, talkplaygrowllc. And you can check it out. Okay. See all the services. We do offer other services. I have PT and OT as well. They have less of a caseload than I do right now. So it's not the main focus of the practice, but it's growing. But it's growing. But it's growing. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on and sharing your story and also really 
sharing where you're, where you're going and where you're growing and all of the steps that you're making to have that happen. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much. Take care. Now that you've listened to the episode, I want to invite you to a free training. Do you have a business background? Most SLPs who go into private practice don't. You went to grad school, not business school. But here you are trying to start or grow a private practice. The good news is business skills can be learned and I want to help you make solid decisions on how to start and grow your private practice so you can serve your community and build a legacy while doing therapy on your own terms and your own time and yes, make more money. I want to invite you to my free training specifically to help SLPs get the background information you need to know in order to be successful. There are two tracks, the start track and the grow track, because the needs of beginners and growth level private practitioners are very different. The trainings are short but thorough and can be consumed and put into action quickly. I wanna teach you how to think, act, and behave like the private practitioner you are meant to be so that you can step into the vision you have for your private practice and your life. And the best part, these trainings are completely free. To register right now, simply visit independentclinician.com. Click start or grow and we can get started right now. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.